Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Fee for Service Dentist Podcast. Special guest today, a good, wonderful young dentist. I could call him that because he is young. And he is Josh Ferraro, Dr. Josh Ferraro, graduate of Ohio State University Dental School, the Ohio State Dental School. And worked as an associate for a year, sounded like a good plan. Then he decided, eh, I want to do my own thing. And he moved to Winter Park, Florida. And no, excuse me, Plant City, Florida. Winter Park is where Drew is. Plant City, Florida. And that's where he purchased the practice. And this is going to be a two-part. So we're, we're going to finish the first episode. We're going to talk everything leading up to the purchase and then what it looked like day one. And the second episode, we're going to go through what it was like dropping insurances, going out of network, and what that's meant to him. As always, the Peeper Service Dentist Podcast brought to you by Kettenbach. Kettenbach now has brand new fill and flow light cured nano hybrid composites. It's called Vesalis Fill and Vesalis Flow. Highly filled over 80% in both versions. High polishability, very aesthetic, and very durable and very strong. Makes it an ideal composite for anterior and posterior. The shades. It's a flex shade, it's A1 through A4 and a bleach and opaque shade. Give them a try. So anytime you're interested, reach out to Kettenbach, 877-532-2123. 877-532-2123, talk to them, get the rep in your area and try them out. They're an excellent company. Thanks for listening, folks. My name is Drew Burns and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Welcome to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast. Today we've got a special guest, Dr. Josh Ferraro. Nice Italian, right? So it's going to be yep. easy. For me, it's like talking <laughs> yeah, to a homeboy. Fifty percent Italian. 50%. Yeah, that counts, man. It counts. Yeah, that's still something. <laughs> yeah. So, Josh, let me give you a little bit of his background. He grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, so he's probably a Packers fan. Got Grab that right. From Green Bay West High School, 2012, then went to the University of Wisconsin Madison, majored in bio, graduated magna cum laude. After completing undergrad, he went to Columbus, Ohio, where we attended the Ohio State University Dental School. You like how I did that? You like that? Yeah, yeah. 
During his time at Ohio State, he was heavily involved in orthodontic research and completed his first publication. That's pretty cool. Upon graduating from dental school in 2021, Dr. Ferraro then worked as an associate dentist in one year in Thornville, Ohio, a small town outside of Columbus. Then he decided to pursue his dream of practice ownership in a warmer climate and moved to Tampa. He acquired an existing practice in Plant City, Florida in 2022 with the goal of making the office entirely fee-for-service. When he's not in the office, he enjoys golfing, going to the beach, and working out. Well, Josh, welcome, man. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. You know, I've been listening to this um, podcast since I graduated. I didn't know if anything like this existed, so I just looked up fee-for-service podcast, and this is what came up. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. We got this little, little space here. Yeah, yeah. It's you're a golfer today uh is we're recording this on a sunday today with our local golf tournament the dicks opens the champions tour and ernie ells was on the leaderboard the last it's three day three day event last two days he was on the leaderboard and his playing partner was uh durant joe durant and they were tied it was 16 under and don't you know it oh, patrick wow. harrington wins it and ernie ells comes in second oh man it's pretty cool. It's a cool yeah. event because it's small. It's like low attendance, so you can. But like I was following those guys around, chatting with them. It's pretty cool. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Well, that's that's the thing when you go to um these tournaments i went to the memorial tournament quite a bit um in ohio every year and it's like do you stay in one spot and try to get a little bit every group or do you fault someone all day you know i mean it's it's exciting both ways but if you know the lay of the land too it helps right i played this course as a kid so it's like okay i'm gonna follow these guys for three or four holes then i can make the jump here and follow some other guys and and it was easy because i i like to follow some guys for a few holes just because I just want to see how they play holes. Like this one guy, in fact, it was the guy that uh, the um, Durant, the, it's a par five. He puts his tee shot. He's right behind a tree. And I'm like, I've been there a million times, man. What's he going to do? <laughs> well, he hits a, a shot ride. and he went up and over a tree, played it up the alternative, uh, the uh, uh, the uh, adjoining fairway, the adjacent fairway, up over the tree, lands it almost on the little tiny tee box. And it's a part five. Then he's got a wedge yeah. over the top, knocks it within 10 feet. I was like, yep. that's just not fair. Saves a par. <laughs> that's just not fair. I mean, he shot at a birdie, man. Yeah, how are you that part good? I don't, I don't get it. I play all the time, and I'm still not good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's fun. Well, you're going to have a little longer season down there. So let, let's talk about it. First of all, right, growing up in Green Bay, you Packer fan? Yep, yep. You can pretty much see the stadium from my house. You don't really have much. I had, I had to ask. I mean, you, you got to be, right? Um, so when did dentistry become on your radar? So honestly, it was, um, at the end of undergrad before I even started considering that, um, I was going to go to pharmacy school and I applied, got in and I was working in a pharmacy and, um, the day before pharmacy school was supposed to start, I just realized I didn't like it at all. So I decided not to go, you know, my parents like, what the heck are you doing? I hope you have a, you know, backup plan. Um, but anyways, my buddy was like, why don't you go shadow a dentist? 
and just go just go shadow but i never thought about it and like okay and i shadowed some guy that was in madison and i mean he just loved his job patients loved him he was a cosmetic guy and um you know the way the patients respected him the way it just seemed like he was having fun all day he didn't seem stressed you right. know and it was it was his own brand his own business and that was something that i wasn't really going to be able to do with pharmacy uh-huh. you know so um anyways i ended up um applying to dental school the next year and um so i had a year in between right because i had to take the dat and all that stuff so i was a consultant um for epic out of madison a medical software company i know um, they, they, they run our um i think they're involved with our um our pharmacy prescriptions in new york state okay yeah i know they, they have dental software now too i don't know how you know good it is mm-hmm. but um anyways yeah and then i got into um marquette and ohio state and i picked ohio state because i wanted big 10 football still so that's how i ended up in ohio there you go yeah you got it you got it at the high level pretty high level they yeah, won a yeah. championship when you were there, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So got to ask you the question now. Okay. So, or, or the guy that you went and you shadowed, do you maintain a good relationship with him to this day? Well, honestly, I haven't I haven't really talked to him much, but my dentist back home, I do keep in touch with him. I did most of my shadowing with him okay. after, that, after that first time. And uh, he tried to get me to come back to Green Bay, but – um, the girl I'm with now, she said, there's no, there's no way she's going back up North cause she's from Texas. So we kind of agreed to go somewhere warmer Okay, so on Florida. All right. Well, when we get to the story, cause I know part of, part of the middle, middle part of the story, <laughs> hard, hard to argue with, with what you're doing. So, all right. So you're in dental school. Any thoughts about specializing or what's going on in dental school? Yeah. So, uh, actually, you know, early on, I, I kind of liked orthodontics i saw that uh, yeah, the paper yeah well yeah we, we did the, we did the paper and um it it seemed like it was going to be a decent opportunity but i think what made me hesitant was you know you see this debt piling up you know through undergrad dental school and then you're like man another three years on top of that and then you know you, all these clear liner brands so not that it wouldn't have worked out, it's still a great profession, but I kind of almost talked myself out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the original plan. Um, but then I saw, you know, all the opportunity as a general practitioner and tying myself down to one specific skill. It just, I didn't think it was going to be best for me long-term. You know, okay. you can do a little so, bit of everything. So you graduated 2021, no residency, right? No, no residency. No, yeah. talk about the experience with covid as an interruption in your education because you're a junior when they or third year excuse me yeah yeah we had just started in clinic you're getting in clinic right you're just like that's yeah. that's when it's that's when it starts to get really fun yeah right yeah right and um so we at ohio state we started clinic in the summer right after d2 so june you're allowed to go to clinic at mm-hmm. that point and, um, you know, I started getting some stuff done the way they do it at Ohio State. You got to do, you know, so many fillings, so many crowns and whatnot. So you just got to check the boxes. I'm pretty sure that's how, you know, most schools are. But anyways, you know, it, it was it was moving along pretty well. And then as soon as COVID hit, they shut the clinic down at March, whatever. And then um, when we got to the summer, 
what they started doing was it was like Ju- July or August. They let it let us do one appointment a week, but it could only be removable. Wow. No, one appointment no a crowd. week. Yeah. One appointment a week because the patients had to be so spaced out. So you missed, you missed, well, I mean, for, 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 for operative and crown and bridge, you missed at least four months, M- March to July and probably through the rest of the summer, I would assume. Yeah. We, we really, months. yeah. And then what, what they did was after we tried to go back to clinic normally, we had to have an assistant, right? So one dental student had to assist the other one to make sure no aerosols and, and whatnot were, were, you know, spreading in the air, basically. So anyways, so you only got half the clinic time after that. So what they, they had to do to graduate everybody on time was um, lower the requirements. So it it made it harder, definitely, graduating. You felt like you didn't get as much experience as you were supposed to. Right, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is, you know. So, I mean, so but but with that, with that it, you know, that point, no, no, uh, no inkling of, hey, let me do a residency. Let me get another year under my belt. Oh, I, I thought about it. I definitely thought about it. Um, it was either going to be that or find a practice where someone would actually be able to mentor me and teach me things, you know, kind of kind of like a mini residency almost. Mm-hmm. And the guy that I ended up working for, I mean, he would, you know, check my crown preps and like teach me, you know, every little, it felt like school almost, at least early on. So he's very helpful in that sense. Okay. So, well, how it, did you... it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. So how did you go about finding that opportunity? So like, like a lot of people I went on, um, you know, Henry Shine, Patterson, and, you know, they have those, they set you up with like different, different opportunities in the area. So I, I interviewed with a few of them and that one kind of seemed like it was going to be the best fit. Um, I had discovered this, this podcast, and I noticed a lot of the the dentists that you interviewed, they're in smaller towns and it makes it easier not not to take insurance or be out of network with most plants when there's less competition and whatnot. Um, so I was looking at offices in more more rural areas. Uh-huh. Like um, well, would you consider where you grew up a rural area or no? Well, Green, uh, no, I, I guess I wouldn't. I mean, there's about 100,000 there. All right. So I would consider that like at least a, not it's not a raging urban you know, a center. So no. a small town. It's a, you could consider it a small town, hundred thousand, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. So that's kind of where you're coming from, if you will. Yeah, and I mean, where I ended up, it, the um, population was about a thousand, actually, Thornville, very very small town. Okay, that's that's we'll call that one rural. I don't even think it has a stoplight. That's rural. I, I've got we've got a couple offices, and two of my offices. One of them has used to be one traffic light. Until Rite Aid came in, bought a corner area, and they built something, and all of a sudden there was a second traffic light in town. It was a big deal. <laughs> okay, so you know exactly what I'm talking I about. I know exactly now. what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how did you find that person, and how did that person find you? So, well, he he was using the headhunter through Henry Shine, right? So, okay. so um, he was using the same service, they, okay. Yeah, so they have the I think they have the list of associates or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, we we connected and um, I went out there and shadowed him for the day. And what what his plan was is so he had his main office right, and it was in Newark, Ohio. And then he had bought a second location 
but he had never had an associate. He was going back and forth three days at one, one and a half days at the other with the same staff the whole time. Which is a Um, lot of continuity when you do it that way. It's a lot of continuity. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it it was working well for him. I think that's good for you too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And um, what he wanted was about six months of training. And then he was going to put me at the other office while he stayed at his original office. Okay. Um, well, it's, so I mean, that, that sounds like a reasonable plan. Did you, was that reasonable to you? Well, yeah. And I, you know, I figured if we got six months of, you know, just basic training and whatnot, I think I would feel comfortable out there because I could call him anytime if something happened. But something was, came. wait, wait, was that the, was that the place you started at? That was, was the, yes. that's where you were going to be, right? So you were going to start to establish some roots and everything there, right? Exactly. To help train you now, but that he was there. He was in that office. He said a day and a half, right? Yep. It, only a day and a half. So how? So, what did you do? Did you work in the other office as well? Well, yeah. So we went back and forth together for about okay. six months. And then after that, we just kept both offices open full time. So I stayed at the other one. So you did six months, we'll call it a mini residency. Sure. Yeah. And then six months, you're captain of the ship at that location. Right. So right. you got to hire a bunch of people. You got to do a lot of, because you're now duplicating services. Now you got to add and bring on some people, right? Yep. And it it was new assistants right out of school, yep, yep. new docs. So you can imagine, you know, it it, it was tough at first, you know, getting getting sure in. Um, but, but see, the, but the plan if the plan is going that way, and and it's and it's because you're describing it very clearly. I could follow this 100 percent easy. Most of the time, there's a lot of nebulous parts, and that's where that gray area. That's where everybody gets lost. You know. Yes. So the plan is this, and it fit your needs. Like you said, hey, I want to have some help. I wanted to kind of do my residency there. You're learning on the job training, whatever you want to call it. Great, right? Did they hire, like, while you still were going back and forth, so maybe they're overstaffed for a period of a month yes, or two? exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, we had kind of too many people, what it yeah. felt like, you know, at, at one point, because we're all packing. Yeah, and office. efficiency goes way down when that happens. Oh, yeah. But it's like, what else but, do you do? But you, you got to. Yeah, you can't throw yeah. them out there in the ocean and say, here, take a swim. Right. And it, it, it worked out better that way. Mm-hmm. You know, that way it wasn't such a, a like, felt like you're, you know, jumping off a cliff when you're going out there. Because you had time with everybody together, how you wanted things done. Um, but when your assistants are right out of school, it. It, it makes it more challenging for sure. I mean, the assistant I have now, I I didn't realize how much of a difference it could make having someone that's been doing it a few years. I mean, they just, they're so helpful and they know exactly what to do without saying anything. And it's, it makes your life a thousand times easier. Oh, yes. Oh, train, I train any, any team member that's trained or that understands. First, they got to understand your culture, right? Then yeah. they got to understand your, 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 your habits and your clinical style, right? So at that point, let me ask you now, during this six period, because I'm, I'm really curious about this. So in six yeah. months that you're now driving the boat and he's got the other boat and you're out both out of sea, right? Are you starting to establish a little more of your own personality? Have you adapted a lot of his? What, what does that look like now over that six-month period of time? No, that's, that's a great question, Sonny. Yeah, because when you do separate, you do start to develop your own culture, that office, even though it wasn't my office, mm-hmm. technically you're with them all day, every day. And yeah. you know, the boss isn't there. So and they're going to take on your personality too. So yeah. that's, 
that's exactly that's exactly what happened you know and it, it wasn't a bad thing you right. know but you can you can tell that after a few months when we would meet with the whole team together it did feel different you know it, it felt like they were at their office and we were at our office right um but i i think that it, it's it's better that way you know because you have to kind of develop your own your own brand yeah so but now what did you learn and what did you incorporate immediately during during your six month romance so yeah so during that time um I, well I've, i learned how to use the the trios right a 3d scanner because ohio state didn't have that yet so that was okay. so some I mean, technology sure technology and he had a you know 3d printing so i learned about that how to print guards models things like that um implant placement only guided surgeries though but you know he, he took me through that process and we did a couple of kind of slam dunk cases you know sure but just just to get a get a feel for it so he taught me a lot of that stuff um he, he was a dawson guy so occlusion was something that you, you kind of learn about in dental school you don't know really what it is or what it means it's a you one know, credit you, course man right, right. you just check, check the bike right you just, know, just get the old exams and pass that mother yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was eye-opening you know he's doing these big cases and yep. talking talk about where and whatnot so it kind of inspired me to want to just to be the best dentist i could be rather than you know folk a lot of these people they focus production and just you know it, it it's more fulfilling i think you know if if you go that direction with it mm -hmm. kind of being a, a comprehensive dentist so that was probably the biggest thing i took away um from from those six months with him so okay did you learn let's talk about the business part of it now what did his practice look like what was his practice model was it a fee-for-service practice so so here's the th so he had a few insurances right he had i think he had he had etna delta and um signal i think is what it was so he was a preferred provider he was in their ppo network or what does that mean yeah so he, he was delta premier so he wasn't delta ppo but then yeah he had etna and signal okay. but what he wanted was for me not to be credentialed by any of them and just see how it would go because that was the only dental office within five miles. So he was like, let's just, let's just see how it goes. Let's, mm -hmm. and, and it was fine. But the thing that was frustrating for patients was, you know, how Delta, they send the check to the patient, but you know, and I, we weren't ready for that. I didn't know that was going to happen. So then you're trying to collect this money from patients and they're like, no, that they said that to me, that's, that's my reimbursement. You know, you run into those little headaches like that. But I, I think long-term it would have been fine. Right. We didn't have a lot of time to really develop it because mm -hmm. I was out there for six months. But well, you got to have now you got to have two different office cultures. If your office is now going to be a fee for service outside of network, his office is in network, a completely different business plan in the front. Exactly. Exactly. And then the the front office wasn't really trained for that. You know, yeah, so she's exactly. getting all these questions up front. She's young too. She, you know, she's like, I, I don't know. I don't know but why you're getting she's, And she's going to call the other office and they're going to be like, no, we don't do it like that. Right. Yep. Yep. And you know, it's, so it's, it's a learning curve mm -hmm. for sure. But um, it, it just, it felt better when every patient was paying the fee that, that it's supposed to be paid. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Otherwise you get, 
somebody's paying a thousand, someone's paying seven hundred, and then your cash patient is paying sixteen hundred. And those crowns all go to the same lab or come from the same lab, and it it, it just feels ethical, honestly, to, to charge the full fee for everybody. You know, the best you can on each patient. So, so you graduate dental school. How much debt you in? So I I had about three seventy. Um, at, the, I, at that time, that's the average three fifty to three seventy five. Yeah. Yep, right around there. Mm-hmm. And then I this year, I mean, I, I paid off seventy thousand this year. I didn't pay I didn't pay anything the first year, but yeah, you know, I figured interest rates are frozen, so I want to get it down to about two hundred thousand. So wait, so you took the job, right? You took this job as an associate. Yeah. Yep. And what were the terms? Do you mind sharing what your terms were on your plan or what you were getting paid? Oh, yeah. So it was, I mean, the first few months, it was like six fifty a day, you know, guaranteed just because we were training. And then after that, it was 30% of collections and I paid the full lab fee. We didn't split it. So, yeah, I don't know how I agreed to that. <laughs> In hindsight, it really wasn't the best deal, which I, which I learned very quickly that lab bills add up. <laughs> You know, yeah, so. it's you know, it's it's I don't I don't know how I don't know where that I've heard that more and more to me. It's like the lab bill comes off the top. So if you're getting paid on collections and you do twenty five grand this month, and you have five thousand dollars in lab bills, then you get you get right. you get your percent of twenty grand. You take it off the top. So basically, you're splitting the lab fee thirty seventy. You know. Oh yeah, and if you're doing an implant or you know a lot of removable, I mean that kind of stuff, it can add up pretty quickly so it it didn't work out um to what i thought it would be right you know i was promised you know like three hundred thousand. it was kind of like what he was saying we would be at and it was about it was about half that okay that it turned into so and, and why are, why are you not paying your debt are you just paying interest only or what's what's going on with your debt so i i knew when i talked to bank of america they said you got to have money saved up if you want to get a practice loan, they said you need to have cash in the bank. They said they'd rather have that than you pay down all as much debt as you can in that. Really? So yeah, so I so I saved up seventy thousand, and then that allowed me to get the bank loan that year. So I didn't I didn't pay anything that year, which was okay because interest rates, you know, for federal loans were frozen, are frozen still. So that that's why I decided to do that. Okay. Otherwise, yeah, I would be paying off as much as I could. So, but they're asking you to pay and you're just not paying. So is it, acu- is the interest accumulating like, or what you owe? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's all frozen right now. As soon as COVID hit, it, it froze. Interest rates froze completely. So. Well, not just, in, well, you're talking interest rate. I mean, I'm talking about your principal. You didn't pay anything on towards your principal, right? No, during that first year. No, nothing. But this year I, I have been. Yeah. This guy paid off about I'm right they around deferred. They deferred it yeah. is what they would I think yeah. they call that. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So you're um okay, so you you take that now. When did you say I want to do my own thing? So well what happened was so I was out after we split two two weeks into it, he he asked me if I want to buy it. Wait, wait, yeah. two weeks into this beginning? In the beginning, into the split. Yep. So after that six months training. Oh, 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 oh! After after the six months training, after that split. Yeah. I thought you were talking about after you left him. Okay. So so after you went on your own, then he he gave you two weeks and he said you want to buy this. He said, "Yep." He's like, "If 
I want you to be the first one to have the option to buy it because right. you're already out here. It makes sense. You know the patience. But he said, if you if you aren't going to buy it, I'm going to have to list it. He, he said it was just too much for him. Right. You didn't, which I get. Well, you that know, was so, his plan. Right. Right. I mean, I had no clue. You know, I thought we were just, I thought he just wanted an associate to work out there. But well, if um, you leave, what's he got to do? I mean, yeah, he's got to, he's got to sell it or he's got to work twice as much. <laughs> he's got to go back to what he was doing before. Right. Yeah. So, and he didn't, he did not want to do that. So I, and I did want to buy it. Honestly, when that opportunity, I was like, well, this makes sense. You know, right. I'm out of, I'm out of network with everything. It, it's an simple area. transition. Yeah. At that point. Right. Yeah. He, I have my staff. So the, the reason it didn't work out is so the collections I think were is around 800,000 or something like that, but he wanted in, in your part. Yes. Yep. In that office, it was around 800,000 and he was asking 900,000 for the office. And the bank was like, we're not going to fund that. It's, it's more than collections. I guess that was the rule was that they wouldn't give you a loan for more than a hundred percent of collections. Hey, what though? If you're in a rural area, you should be. I, I, I never use collections. I always use the net. I'm sorry. I always use net. You're either going to be like, if you're buying a practice in a small town area where there's not a high lot of dentists looking at it, you got to be down around your average three years net. If you're in a big demand area, it's two x, two times your net, right? Well, yeah, and that's and that's that's what they were saying. They're like, it's it's too high. I mean, he remodeled it. He probably had some debt he wanted to pay off on it. You know, I get it. So that, anyways, I mean, that turned into like, okay, well, now what? You know, and we don't really have any reason to stay in Ohio. So I started looking in Florida, just online. You know, all all the different brokers and what, sure. what was available. Um, we wanted to, if we were going to move down here, it was going to be close to Tampa. That was the goal. So that was more. Oh, really? You come down here much still? Yeah, I, we got a place in Clearwater Beach, and my my dad lives in Newport Ritchie. Oh, no way. Okay. So, and my, my uncle used to live in Lutz. My, well, my, my uncle's wife, who's been, my aunt, I'll call my aunt-in-law, his second wife, is uh, still there. She's in Lutz, L-U-T-Z. Okay, yep. Yeah, yep. I'm starting to know the area. I know where that is. Okay. The one thing that's bad down here is the traffic, though. That's the one thing I was incredibly in. crazy. The traffic. I, I'm sure you know if you're in Clearwater Beach, it's it can be a nightmare. But um, yeah. Anyways, before I, what were we talking about there? Um, are you talking about? I started looking. So now I started so, looking. Yes. Yes. So if sorry. he offers you, I got to ask you this now. If he offers yeah. you two weeks in. Wh wh when does he want an answer? So he said by May. You know, he he wanted. He's like, I got to know. He's like, I know I'm I'm putting you on the spot, but he's like, I got to know. So I, I what happened was I, I said I was going to buy it. Right. Then I found out I couldn't get the loan. Um, so then I started looking in Florida and then he came back. He's like, I'll lower the price. But at that point, I had my mind made up Then I was I was leaving. So I gave my 90 day notice in, in May. And then I was like, well, I got to find something. You know, I, I got to have a job. Well, so, you, you also now have a you have a timeline. You have a forced timeline too because you gave ninety day notice, right? And it, think it, about it, it. So it's a forced discipline for you. Well, yeah, you're you're in a situation where it's like it, staying there isn't going to make me any better off, right? And when it sells, then I'm, I I won't you're definitely go. Yeah, yeah. So so I started looking online, and then I found three offices that I like. So I flew down just for a day and looked at all three of them. Uh, one was in St. Pete. 
which was kind of cool, was by the water. I know, you know St. Pete. You could oh, see yeah. the water. You know, it was on a, a cool area. Yeah, it was right by the pier if you've been out there. Yeah. Um, so, and I was like, man, this is cool. But I knew it wasn't going to be the wise financial decision. So sure. I looked at another one in Plant City, which is, it's about 25 minutes inland from Tampa. And then one in Bartow, which is kind of closer to like Lakeland, kind of pretty much right in the center. Yeah, I know right where Lakeland is. Yeah, right over four. Yeah, so I, I felt the one in uh, Bartow was a little a little too rural for me, or a little too far inland because we wanted okay. to be closer to water. But Plant City seemed doable. So the next day, I mean, I, I put an offer on it. She wanted, I think, like six fifty or six six thirty something like that, and I offered five eighty five. And she took it in, I mean, 30 seconds. That's how it was. She was, she was ready to sell because she wanted to. Go- <laughs> yeah. She was, she, she was trying to get me there like the next day to take over. So, so what, what did that practice look like when you were buying it? What were some of the details? What was like, what was it grossing and what, how many rooms? Talk a little bit about what, yeah. what, what yeah. you were buying. So she, she built it out in 2015. Okay. So it, so it she wasn't. She started old. it from scratch in 2015. Yeah, well, she like she was an associate, but then she was, I guess, allowed to take those patients over to this location. I don't really know how that worked. You know, okay. maybe they not compete. But so I, it, she built it out, but she took a lot of patients from where she was working previously. Okay, and it was it was four ops or it is four ops. Um, it in terms of technology, I mean, it's just you know digital sensors, nice digital cameras. But she just has a pano right now. I mean, no cone beam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, that, that was it in terms of technology. Oh, yeah, so, but forget the technology. Talk to me about yeah. staff. How many hygienists? Yeah. What, oh. was, what did her schedule look like? You know, what, okay. what that? Yeah, so so the schedule, at which I haven't changed because I kind of like it. She was open 7 to 2.30, Monday through Thursday. Um, yeah. And then Fridays was kind of like an optional thing, 7 to 11. So I've I've left that as is. So 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 Friday's just big cases then? Yeah, that that's yeah. Basically that's just smart. It's probably your most productive day. It's funny how that works. It is, you know, a lot of times. Down on roller skates, you probably got no hygiene. You're probably just sitting there and and it's four hours, it's nothing. It's like, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, it's four actually hours. delightful, you know. Yeah, no, and then you got half you got half the day still. But um, yeah, so we had two hygienists and then one main assistant that have been with her the whole time. And then kind of like a floater that would assist when needed. And then you got two people up front, one being like the, the office manager. And then I guess the other one you could call just like a, a front assistant, you know, the main front desk person answering the sure. phone. Reception. Mm-hmm. And they had all been there um, five or more years. Okay. So they, they, they were all cross-trained. So that, I mean, that helped a lot. Were they aware she was selling? No, no. They, Why was she selling? She was going to go teach, or she is teaching at UF. Okay, so she wanted to get out of private practice and go teach. Yeah, she just wanted wanted that's to. Do a very, that's a kind of very noble change transfer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she she wasn't old at all. I mean, I think she was in her early fifties, maybe. But it's just what she wanted to do. Careful when you say that, man. Okay, she wasn't yeah. old at all. She was in her fifties. Oh God, she could almost be sixty. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Smooth, man, you're smooth. I'm I'm you. <laughs> I want to hear you do a treatment plan presentation, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So at what point, so you give the off, so, uh, so does this all happen in that one day you're there or, do, or does that negotiate take place when you go back? Well, yeah. So I go back home, I talk it over with Tori yeah. and um, then um, I, next day I emailed, I emailed her and um, or the broker, I guess. And then two minutes, I had two minutes, I hear back. She's like, yep, yeah, they'll take it. I was like, okay, we're doing it. So how long was it for sale? Um, a couple weeks. That's I it. Think. Yep. Cause I was, I was checking, I was checking online every day, you know, she so jumped on that pretty quick then two weeks for sale. So it wasn't like it was out there for a year or two. Oh no, it was, yeah, it was a couple weeks at, at most. Okay. All right. Well, so, good for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So what, what it, was the numbers? What, what was the practice doing? Oh yeah. Yeah. So numbers, um, so I, I know I texted you before I, my math was off seven. She had 780,000 in collections the year before. So that's about, I think I told you 70,000 a month. I guess that's probably closer to what? 65, 65,000 a month in collections. Yeah. It's uh well, 70 a month, right? 70 times 14. Right. Yeah. 700 plus 140 is 840. So it's pretty close. 65. Yeah. So yeah, 65, 70, somewhere in that range. Mm -hmm. Um, the, estimated net cash flow after debt service what they showed me was about 170 was what it was projected to be now um, let me ask you in that calculation because that's a huge calculation that's the most important yeah. calculation whenever you buy anything uh like this did they assume an attrition like a 10 or 20 percent drop yeah. yeah yeah you have to mm -hmm. okay so you go in, so the practice is not going to do 780. You're going to expect it. Let's let's just say 10% drop. So now it's down to, we'll call it 700, make it an even number. So that drops to 700. And where's your debt service, right? For for purchasing the practice, then you got to add your debt service to your loans. Yep. And then what can you live on, right? Right. That's, yeah, that's that, what it comes out, out of that 170 yeah. projected, out of that 170 projected, you got to pay your personal, your, your college debts, right? Yes. Yeah. And you, and you know, you're not, you're not actually taking one. you know, there's stuff that's, you got to reinvest some of it. You can't oh, yeah. take everything, you know. Oh, and something's so, going to go. Something's, something, you know, trust right, me. Something. Something's going to fail. Your compressor, Panorex stops working. You're going to have, you know, computers drop. You, you're going to have some, something go down that's going to cost you money. Absolutely. Yep. But it, it seemed doable. It didn't seem ideal. Yeah. You know, with well, with think this. about it. You said you're making about a hundred, hundred seventy in the other practice. This one now, you own the whole enchilada, and with some bad numbers, which is the attrition part, not counting what you're bringing to the table and the injection of energy you're going to bring, right? right. You're yeah, at that, yeah, that doesn't make like, a difference. Yeah, you know, she's on her way out. She's not trying to run two columns or anything. Very like smooth. That. It's a very smooth transition. Should be too, because she's going to teach. Right, everybody can appreciate that. What kind of what size community is that? Plant City is about thirty thousand. Oh, so it's small. Yeah, it's it's pretty small. It has it does have a small town feel. A lot of blue collar workers out there. Um, it's a strawberry capital of the world, or maybe the U.S. I don't know something. Okay, so a lot of, a lot of farms out there. Yeah, most of, um, most of your blue collar people pay their bills, man. They the the patients are great. Yeah. They're great out there. There's nothing like it, man. I mean, they're they're respectable. They show up on time, usually early. Mm -hmm. You know, and they bring you food and all well, that. That's, that's why you're open at seven. They want to get in and get out. They want to get yeah, to work. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh my, that's my that's my that's my my stick. If I if my work is right, I'm seven to one. It's a six hour straight. So 
Yeah, it's it's better that way. Yeah, we don't take a break. Just get it done. Go. Yeah. So. All right. So so that's what the practice looks like. Those are the numbers. Let's talk about your exit strategy now in this practice because she's probably wanting you, you, you know, you've got this deal done. She probably wants you to start, right? Yeah. So I, I made the offer in July and I had to, in order to honor the 90 days um, at my previous job, that would have taken me through the end of August. Right. Um, well, but that's not terrible. Yeah, that's just two months. Yeah, no, it, it, it wasn't bad. Um, but what I, I what I had to do was all these little weird things to get my Florida license. I, you know, yep. it, it took a while. Yeah. So, what I ended up having to do was sub for a month before I could go down there and take over the office. So I ended up starting in October, which so I guess that puts me a little over a year. So I was right. subbing for a month, just random offices and whatnot. Oh, you and, weren't subbing at that office, really? No. Yeah. Well, because I I had to get my Florida license. And it, it just oh, so you were subbing in in Ohio before you moved. Yeah, all right. Yep. So you became like a traveling dentist. Okay. So yeah, which it it wasn't great. You know, I mean it it you, you need to do something. But um, did you learn anything? That, yeah, that I don't want to work for Aspen. <laughs> you know, I mean that that's where a lot of the subbing shifts were. But think about it. If at least you you've been exposed to it, you lived it, right? So you. Well, that's what I said. It's good to know. Yeah. You know, you gotta. It makes you appreciate what you have. Yeah, you're yeah. on the inside, man. You're not just on the outside talking about. Oh, I, I heard this. No, no, I was. Yeah, out. no, yeah, no. We were in there. Yeah, we were working. All right. So, so is she chopping at the bit then? Because that's delaying things a little bit. Oh yeah, she yeah she she was she was trying to get me down there as soon as she could, and then October 18th, I went down there and I met the team. So they they didn't know who. I mean, I'm sure they looked me up. You know they. And whatnot. But when did she tell time. them? When did she tell them this was going down? Uh, the beginning of that week, like the 15th of October. Like it was Oh, really? So she didn't say anything until you Nothing. asked. Her. Okay. All right. Nothing. Yep. Then I came in there and they, they all seemed willing to give me a chance. You know, when did you pay her the money? When did you close on the thing? October 15th? Uh, 21st. 21st. 21st of October? Yep. Okay. She And she said that, um, she's like, well, you can, she's like, you want to start now? Because we were supposed to close the following, but she's like, you want to start? Now she was ready to be done. Right. So we did, we jumped right in and she stayed around for about a week to finish a couple of crown seats, I think. And that was, sure. that was it. And she just, she left, which honestly was better. I could tell it, it's just not good to have both people in there, you know, cause you, sometimes you, I, I feel like you think it would help to have the old doc there for a transition. But I think a lot of times, as long as the staff stays, it, it's better if the old doctor's out of there so you can make it your own brand. I feel like you're kind of putting that on pause if they hang around. Uh-huh. All right. Well, this, all right. So let's finish up this part and then we're going to get into a whole bunch more in the second part of this episode. So you go in, what's it like when you meet the team? Just describe that moment. So I was nervous. Hell yeah. Was, you know, I was real nervous. Um, but basically what I, what I did was I, I tried to, Cause I knew they were nervous that I was going to come in and just change everything day one. So I, I went in there and just told them, we're just going to go to work on Friday. Nothing's changing. The everything's going to be the same. Let's just go to work and don't, don't worry about any, any, anything being different name changes, you know, schedules just to calm the nerves. 
And I, I think that kind of set the tone like, okay, we can we can give him a chance. He seems like a you know reasonable six because, employees. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they you need them. I mean, they've been there forever. They know how to do everything. That makes it such a smooth transition. Right. If you keep them happy, treat them right. Usually okay. they so you're kind of gonna go, we're gonna do an on-job training thing, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Follow up. Did you have some follow up meetings? Um, no, we really didn't. I think I called her once or twice. Just no, with the team. Oh, with the team. No, I mean that. It, before I started, no, we just had that initial introduction, and um, two days later, I I started. But I I do monthly, you know, check ins with them, you know, to see like how are things going? Are you happy still? You know things like that. Just just so you know, I'm not blindsided by something unexpected. Gotcha. So. All right, so we're gonna wrap this here because we're gonna get into this is getting really fun now. All right, so we're gonna wrap this and then we're gonna get in the second part because as we talked about earlier, Josh's plan was to get out of network and go fee for service. So so right now we've we've met, we've spent one day in the office, and we're gonna keep going. All right. Yeah. Okay, man. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fee for Service Dentist Podcast. If you would like to share your fee for service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our Fee for Service Dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.